Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. I know it's been some time since I last had an episode. Man, did this snow really affect things, but I did, you know, do some uh, videos on my YouTube channel, which you can find, uh, Sports Talk Podcast by Naraj. Obviously, I'm trying to get more and more videos out there as it's been a you know an interesting week for sure and you know just shoveling snow and getting out has been really interesting so uh, looking forward to you know ramping it up the rest of the week with some NBA talk and mostly Super Bowl 55 previews until Friday which I'll break down the game and make my prediction so I'm gonna start off by talking about NBA game that took place yesterday, which I found to be uh, really cool. I mean, we know that it's early for both teams this season, and uh, you know, right now the regular season is kind of going on. I mean, you've got about 23, 24 games played. I think it's a 72 game season, if I remember correctly. So, you know, we're finding out some things about some teams already. Although the two teams that played yesterday will probably be judged most likely by their postseason success. Whatever they do now um, has some importance, but not too much importance, to be honest, in my eyes. So the two teams that I'm talking about that played yesterday were the Brooklyn Nets and the LA Clippers. Now the Clippers obviously have been playing pretty well as of late. I mean, I've seen the Utah Jazz have a stretch as well um, where they played well. So the Clippers are playing well. I think they're like 16 and something or, you know, so they're like pretty much doing what they're supposed to do. We expect the Clippers to be a top team in the West in the regular season. The real question is what we'll do do the postseason this time around. As for the Nets, we know they had a tough year last year with injuries and Duran and Irving being out. Also, different story this year. James Harden in the mix now. And the Nets are just, you know... A powerhouse offensively um, we know what they're capable of doing on any given night and we're gonna see if they can sustain this offense and this greatness when it really comes down to the postseason action the game slows down um, we're gonna really find out if they can step up and make things happen when they play like a Milwaukee Bucks team uh, you know a team like the Pacers, possibly, you know, you got some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference, like the Sixers, who can't not be slept on, so a lot of things are still in play. So the Brooklyn Nets defeated the Clippers 124-120. to 120. Kyrie Irving was the one to really finish strong in this game, and let's say through this game, I think he had like seven or eight points straight at some point um, in the fourth quarter which really allowed the, the, the Nets to kind of build a lead just to kind of hold on at the end against the Clippers. Kyrie Irving had 39 points on 15 of 23 shooting, about five rebounds. So he, you know, he really came through um, and just getting anything he wanted, really taking advantage of Reggie Jackson, Beverly, whoever was kind of guarding him. Just made plays all over the uh, basketball court yesterday. Durant with 28 points. 
James Harden doing his thing, a triple-double. 23 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds. Um, you know, overall, the Nets just have been pretty good uh, when these guys are clicking like this. I mean, we know that they had that one loss. That that game, I think Harden didn't play. It was just the Wizards, I think, 149 and 146. So, the Nets have played together. They've looked pretty potent offensively. And against the Clippers, they were just able to do a good job of just uh, being able to kind of stay ahead, pace themselves. Um, and, you know, the Nets this season, as of at this point, they've been winning games with their offense, and their defense has been kind of showing up, but not in the ways that you would think. Particularly in this game, they really just made sure not to let the Clippers attempt a three-pointer at the end. They instead fouled Kawhi Leonard, um... And then they just executed a great um, pass. James Harden executed a great full court pass to Jeff Green, who got open uh, down the court. And, you know, they were able to hold on for the victory in that way. So, you know, Paul George played pretty well. Kawhi Leonard played pretty well. Um, but not to the point where they were as efficient or as. Um, they were much of a factor because the Nets kind of made a point to like not let them shoot um, a whole lot in the last like 4.5 seconds of the game. I mean, James Harden with a great pass. He inbounded the ball, which you never see James Harden really inbound the ball late. But he did that, and it worked out to perfection. Reggie Jackson for the Clippers kind of got lost kind of playing, and it was a full-court pass to... to um, Jeff Green, who made the key layup and got fouled, I think, in the process. So, you know, both teams have been playing pretty well, but the Clippers are expected to play like this. It's just a matter of can they do it in the postseason because they still have to prove it against the Lakers and other Western Conference teams. So, it's a lot to be figured out in terms of can they get it done um, when it matters the most. Um, but looking at Kawhi Leonard's numbers, I mean, he had 33 points, but... You know, 12 of 24 shooting, 12 of 24 shooting from the floor. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you know, had his moments, he had his blocks and shot making, but it just was not enough, um, you know, especially in the fourth quarter. Paul George, 26 points, 11 24 shooting. I mean, Paul George can be more efficient. He know he's been off to a pretty good start this year. Um, his shooting kind of comes and goes sometimes. He just really has to ramp it up when it comes down to them playing the postseason. Um, but this was a game in which he had a favorable matchup. Uh, I think he could have made more shots, better shot selection at times. Um, but, you know, overall, the supporting cast around um, Paul Jordan Kawhi Leonard played okay. Not bad. I expected more from Serge Ibaka and Reggie Jackson. Those two really have to get better um, from you know in terms of like, getting more consistent. The Clippers are going to need that consistency from those two players, especially this time in the postseason. Especially Ibaka, who you know was their free agent signing. Gotta see Ibaka be more of a presence in this game um, and going forward because he can drop you know 20 a night 15 a night he's gonna have to do that a lot more uh, this season you know 
in terms of how this rotation is kind of figured out as it goes along. So that is something that has to be determined. Nicholas, Nicholas Batum for the Clippers has been pretty good this season. He's made some nice shots. He'll be a factor as well. Um, but the Clippers need their supporting cast to play better, and they need Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, and then it is a long season, so they may not have every single night. But in this game, I just felt like those two, um, you know, missed a lot of easy shots, good looks they had. Um, and if they had made those looks, they may have been on the outcome, winning outcome of this game. So the Nets overall, they didn't play a great defensive game. They haven't really done that so far this season, but they just did a good job of not letting Kawhi Leonard or Paul George kind of attempt those like late threes at the end. Kind of made them go to the free throw line, make the shots. Um, the Nets surprisingly out-rebounded the Clippers by a little bit, which, which is why I'm saying Ibaka. You don't really see that happen with Ibaka playing. So, you know, the Nets kind of got fortunate with being able to out-rebound the Clippers. They had more assists than the Clippers. And the fast break points for the Nets were much better than the Clippers. So the Clippers got to do better in terms of defending the half court because the Nets got a lot of points on the fast break, pushing the pace. And that's where it comes, speed comes into the play. And you got to see guys run back and play hard on defense. Tyron Luce got to get these guys to be much better in that area for sure um, because fast break points and being able to you know get those extra rebounds really put the difference in this game so you know overall um, the Nets have been looking pretty good their turnovers were high in this game no doubt um, so you know Kyrie Irving has definitely come back and played pretty well ever since you know the, that absence um, and you know, you hope that the Nets continue to kind of work around this roster and see how it works out. I will say it, although that it will be interesting to see what happens um, when you know Durant and Irving kind of have that last game kind of shot kind of thing. You know, the Nets have the ability to make a shot anytime in any game. Like I said before, the key is that you know we've seen it. Um, and over time, a lot of different games that I've played this season, um, anybody's capable of scoring and making shots um, when it comes down to it. You know, so it's, it's going to come down to, you know, will Harden be the one, you know, having the ball in his hands and making the extra pass? Or, you know, will it be, you know, Kyrie Irving doing this thing? Like, the Nets have shown that they can, any one of these guys can obviously make a shot down the stretch of a game. It's really important to see what happens in terms of like when they go up against an opponent and let's say that maybe Irving and Harden, um, you know, are the ones who have to get the ball inbounded to them. You know, who will get that look? Steve Nash still has to be tested in terms of his ability to um, make adjustments, make uh, those kind of like designs and plays where he gets these guys open shots um, on the floor. So we're going to see how their spacing works out if it gets really tight. I think we've seen it in some of these games this year where they've played, um, but we want to see how they're going to do it um, more consistently if they have to be able to you know, do that. Because the Nets are probably going to be able to score and win by outscoring their opponents. But if it gets late and it gets, it gets, it gets in that late kind of stage of the game 
you need a shot to win the game. You know, will it be Kyrie or Durant? That dynamic still is yet to be figured out, and that's something that I'm definitely looking forward to watching. Because whether people admit it or not, the Nets will have that question pop up uh, when they face a team like the Lakers or the Clippers or maybe any other team later this season. How will they be able to maximize that matchup? Will they be able to do that and prove, um, you know, that w- what they're all about? Because you want to see Durant have that last shot always, the situation. But then again, with this kind of team, you have many stars on this team. And Harden's the one who's been facilitating a lot uh, as of right now. So that may continue, but uh, we're going to see if they can keep it up uh, when it comes down to the late part of the season and to the postseason, where I want to see how how they run their offense in that last minute and a half. Because we've seen it at times, Kyrie Irving kind of doing his thing, Durant doing his thing, Harden doing his thing. Um, but one guy is going to have to really emerge and take the mantle by the horn, I think, um, going forward for the NBA, for the Nets title hopes this season. So in this segment, I kind of want to continue with my Super Bowl preview. Um, I want to talk about Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes um, and who may have the edge in this game, particularly um, with everything on the line. So let me first say that, yes, Tom Brady is the GOAT, greatest quarterback of all time, has been the the top of the mountain for a long time, um, and he is definitely going to bring his best effort in this matchup. Um, so I'll get that out of the way because, you know, he is the GOAT. He is just a lot of respect. But in this game, in this matchup that I want to really break down between these two, I just want to talk about, about this season and about what the both quarterbacks have done this season and how it's going to come into play in Super Bowl 55. So you look at Tom Brady, um, you know, he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in free agency. He wanted to obviously go and prove that he can win a title without Bill Belichick. And for many years, it felt like Tom Brady, you know, wasn't getting all the credit, or you know, it was kind of like Bill Belichick giving him tough love and not letting him do certain things. And we know that one thing that really bothered Tom Brady was the reported, you know, report that you know Belichick wanted to get Garoppolo and make him the starter and all those kind of things, but. You know, Brady kind of persevered through that and still won championships after that point. So Brady's been on a mission this year, obviously, to get to the Super Bowl, to host it. Um, he will not admit it, probably, but he really wanted that to happen. And he's in a great spot, obviously, because he's at home, not having to go anywhere, uh, game planning for a Chiefs team that he is kind of familiar with in terms of the matches they've had over the years. And so now it comes down to Tom Brady and... This season, he's had a uh, you know a record-breaking season in terms of the way he's played. I mean, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I mean, he just got better and better as the season went along. He had his early adjustments where he was struggling, kind of throwing interceptions. Um, they were not able to win those big-time primetime games, um, and then they were able to do so. 
um, in the postseason here after like going through a lot of changes and Bruce Aries and Brian Leftwich getting better and better to the play calling and Tom Brady kind of got more control of this offense as the season went on. And so he's been really great um, in some spots. Now he did have that kind of three touchdown, three interception kind of performance uh, in the NFC Championship game, which you know Packers defense was able to get you know get him um, in some spots and, and get the ball from him. Uh, but you know it comes down to how well does Brady like get the ball out of his hands in this game? Because we know the last time that the Buccaneers and Chiefs played. Um, it really came down to, um, you know, the Bucks kind of getting off to a slow start in the game, and then they weren't able to really, like, turn it on, um, and when they got it going, the Chiefs were able to sustain and, like, keep the ball away. So, in this matchup, Brady, I mean, the biggest thing that he has to his advantage is that he has a downfield, you know, attack here with Evans and Godwin. And so now he may not have played with these guys ever in this stage, like in the Super Bowl stage, but we know that he is looking to make it happen uh, with these guys. And like, he's the most experienced player um, on both sides of the football. In terms of experience, he has that experience. But, you know, this is an opportunity like to see what is Mike Evans made of, what is Chris Goblin made of. You know, guys like Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, they're going to be getting, you know, thrown to by Tom Brady. And he's going to try to push the pace, be aggressive early on. That's the only way that you can compete with the Chiefs is being aggressive and, and, and being competitive in a lot of different areas. And I think that Brady, the way that he has played this season, especially the way he has played in this postseason leading up to the Packers game, I mean, he was really, turn, he was really protecting the football um, getting some really good passes down the field, and I expect him to do the same thing. Um, the chemistry with Godwin and Evans has been there at times, and at other times it has not been there. And this is the Super Bowl, and if Brady doesn't play well, or if he doesn't get these guys the ball early, they're going to struggle moving the ball down the field. So what I'm really looking for for Tom Brady in this matchup is... You know, can he make those plays down the field without turning the ball over? Can he hit Evans, Godwin? Gronkowski is, a, is an advantage for him in the sense they've played together. So Gronkowski's matchup will be also crucial in this game. And so Brady's going to try to find different ways to attack this Chiefs secondary. And he's going to have to be really good in, uh, on short yard situations and third downs especially uh, when the Chiefs defense have a tendency to blitz and bring pressure. As for Patrick Mahomes, he's had a great three-year run as the Chiefs starting quarterback. He's set many records. Uh, the passes he's thrown, the highlights he's had been tremendous. And this season, he pretty much was just playing um, at that kind of level, playing really strong in, in a lot of areas. He did have a little period of time where he kind of struggled, uh, but he really just kind of came on and did what he had to do getting this team to play well we know that he has the threats on the outside to break it open with Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey McCole Hardman Pringle and you know other wide receivers so Mahomes has been pretty efficient uh, he's gotten the ball out quick out of his hands and the biggest thing about Mahomes this season he's been able to extend plays make plays with his feet 
Um, and he's had a pretty good season as well. I think he's had about 38 touchdowns, six interceptions. So Mahomes is pretty good at just protecting the football, you know, slinging it right and left. And, you know, the Chiefs have been known to put him in situations where he can, you know, obviously draw some fakes, get some play action, places on the field. So in this game, he's going to have to be obviously quick with his passes, which he was last time against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But in this game, we're dealing with a turf toe injury and having the, um, you know, starting left tackles out. Mahomes is going to have to be efficient and quick in this game. He will really have to push the ball down the field and make quick decisions because the Bucs will bring pressure on him, try to hit him, try to get him to the ground. Um, so Mahomes has to be very smart in the way he goes about running this offense. I think that for Mahomes, the biggest thing to watch out for is, you know, can he be able to deliver those big passes down the field like he did last time? If not, he's really going to have to do a good job of making tight throws and tight windows. Um, and the way that he is able to kind of dictate the pace of play will be very important for him. I expect him to do pretty well, even with, with an injury. Um, and... You know, he will find a way to get the ball to Kelsey and Hill. It just comes down to can can Mahomes, you know, make those plays? Can he can he push the pace against Tom Brady early on? Because if the Chiefs are able to score, you know, right away on their first two or three drives, and Mahomes is um, you know airing it out, making plays, getting the ball out in space, um, he'll be in a very huge advantage in terms of playing from ahead. Now he can come back. We've seen him deliver comebacks all throughout last year. So, you know, he can do that. But this is about him stepping up to, to the spotlight. You know, he's going to be compared to Tom Brady. He already has been compared to Tom Brady in terms of like the effect he's had so far in his NFL career. And if Mahomes wants to make his legacy even more better and great. He's got to go through the goal and beat him in the head-to-head matchup here. Both guys are 2-2 two two versus one another. Uh, both have been able to put forth great performances over the years against one another. Mahomes is definitely looking for that revenge probably from that 2018 AFC Championship game loss. He, so he's motivated. He's got extra time to help, you know, to, to rest and be ready for this game. Um, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs have the advantage in the sense that in this game like so Mahomes has been able to obviously Kelsey you know Hill Watkins and they were here last year in Super Bowl platform and you know they were able to step up late in that game and win in the fourth quarter so they have that experience going for them and then as for Brady you know he has Gronk on his side he's got Arians on his side um, and he um, is trying to obviously use that matchup in, in terms of like getting himself more comfortable and getting his wide receivers comfortable. Like I said, for Tom Brady, the most important thing for him to do in this game is going to have to be able to get the ball to his wide receivers early and often. They were targeted quite a bit in the NFC Championship game, but you got to get the ball to these guys a lot because the Chiefs secondary could be vulnerable in some spots. So if Brady's willing to take chances, these wide receivers have to convert and make those plays. But I'm looking at Brady specifically because he was brought here 
for this the defense pretty much helped them out a lot i would say in the postseason to, to, to some extent some extent but you know they're gonna go as far as brady takes them and I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if like brady you know has the ball in his hands late because sometimes it comes down to that but you know in this matchup head-to-head with patrick mahomes um you know both quarterbacks are gonna either light it up and we're gonna see who has the ball last Mahomes has been able to deliver, you know, fourth quarter comebacks or, you know, game-winning drives. And Brady has done that this season to an extent and throughout his career. So, in this game, the way it goes, I mean, I could see it being really, really high scoring. Um, And I'm going to give a small edge to Patrick Mahomes in this game. And I'm going to give him the advantage in this game particularly because Mahomes is able to extend and and run plays um, off script. And I feel that Tom Brady, even though he's you know in great shape and great condition, he's proved a lot of doubters wrong this season, including me. I just don't know if, he gets, if you get him off his spot, I don't know if he's gonna be able to really make those kind of plays that Mahomes will be able to make. I think that the Chiefs will have to, Chiefs will have trouble defending against the Buccaneers passer. I think Mahomes will be able to extend plays you know, run, you know, move to his left, move to his right. They can be able to get the ball down the field more accurately and better than Tom Brady. Because Brady, as far as I've seen him, whenever he's been rushed in the pocket, sometimes when he gets out of the pocket, he makes good throws, and other times he makes erratic throws. And so I think that may happen in this game. So I'm going to give Patrick Mahomes the edge in that regard. I think that with off script, off schedule plays, I think Mahomes is going to be able to do that much better. And I think that's why they have the advantage in terms of the quarterback matchup. I think Mahomes will play much better um, because he he will have to be that way in this game. Whereas you know Brady has that defense playing pretty well. That running game has been emerging. From Mahomes, I mean a lot of things could go right for him in terms of the running game as well. But I think Mahomes having to do more, being able to ex- being able to get out of the pocket and extend plays, which he'll have to do probably. I think he'll be able to make a lot more off-schedule, off-script plays than than Brady will have to do. And I'm giving Patrick Mahomes the edge in this particular matchup. Um, I think he will be the one to have a bigger game and step up, uh, especially in the late stages of this game, to get the Chiefs to victory. If they have any shot of winning this game, is Patrick Mahomes playing big time and being able to do what he's been doing throughout his career. You know, running for big yards, making plays off script um, with his arm. That will be the key for Patrick Mahomes in this matchup against Tom Brady.